guys, and welcome to the newest episode of Be Hero Presents, the Bump Card Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike, also known as Brian. Uh, and with me tonight is my tag partner, Psycho. How are you tonight, Psycho? I'm doing all right. I think that's the first time you, you said uh, Mike, as, as far as, <laughs> in, in your intro at least. It's true. I have been so busy. Like I'm also double recording tonight. As well as uh, we're getting everything prepped for Halloween Bash, our show coming up on, well, today as this drops, because I'll be dropping this on Friday. So uh, make sure you get your tickets now for that. Hit us up on Devotion's uh, Facebook page, Devotion Championship Wrestling, or on X slash Twitter at DCW Salt Lake City. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, people calling me Mike today because we were getting all that stuff set up. So that's where my brain stuck. And that's how we got that intro. Yes. <sighs> so much wrestling in the last little while. Oh my god. It's gosh. been ridiculous for, for you especially. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh I haven't been this busy since I was working out of state a ton and I'm not even having to drive anymore. I'm just working out all the time here in Salt Lake because DCW is gonna be available to you pretty much everywhere. So <laughs> uh that being said, let's go ahead and talk about another wrestling promotion. And that would be AEW, and this is us reviewing Wrestle Dream, uh, a card put together and a show put together uh, in memory uh, of Antonio Ozuki. So it's or Anoki, excuse me, not Ozuki. Antonio Anoki. Antonio Anoki. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I said Ozuki. I'm super tired, so this should be a real fun episode. Um, I can try to carry us as best I can. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That sounds like our matches back in the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. That all being said, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with our first match, Psycho. Uh, oh, by the way, Psycho, how are you doing tonight? I forgot to ask you. No, you didn't. You asked me. Oh, and I said I was good. Uh, yes. See? Tired. <laughs> and go, Psycho. <laughs> yes. Um. So we're... We're not going to do the pre-show. That would take too long anyway. Yeah. Um, so it opened up, Wrestle Dream opened up with the Ring of Honor tag team titles defended. Um, so you've got MJF actually without his partner, Adam Cole, yep. as the reigning Ring of Honor tag team titles. So he's in a handicap match against the Righteous. Um, I, like me personally, I thought this match was okay. Um, not as good as the one at, at uh, All In that Adam Cole and, and MJF were in um, against Aussie Open. But, I mean, it wasn't really a tag match. It was MJF basically showcasing himself. Uh, um, and I I remember saying to you, I, I, I said, I don't even know who the Righteous is. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. That, why is this on? Why is this on pay-per-view when MJF should be defending his... AEW World Championship on the show. I don't mind if they do both. If they like, if he defends these tag titles, you know, and still defends later on, I think that would be an interesting story, actually. Um, but I mean, at the same time, why are the Ring of Honor titles all being defended on AEW television? I mean, they've have enough titles to defend on their own shows. I think um, most every match on this card also had a title involved. It was a it was a lot. Yeah. Um this this match was okay, but it it really nothing more that shouldn't have been on a dynamite or a collision. So, um 
MJF retains, which makes, you know, I had no idea who the righteous were before. I still don't. And they got beat by one man, even if he is the world champion. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think it made them look very good. Yeah, I didn't do great for the righteous. Um, got MJF uh, over even more. Got the crowd super hot, but they were going to bump or pop for pretty much everything that MJF does right now because he is pretty much untouchable in the ring. So he is. I I just feel like this is a waste of MJF on the show when these pay per views should be headlined by their world champion, and I think the it would draw more. It would get a better buy rate if MJF was defending his his title. His his title. I, I think this is the one of the biggest flaws that Tony Khan has relative to, uh, say, like H or uh, Vince, and that's he doesn't know how to change stuff on the fly. Like, if a scenario like this would have happened in WWE, uh, there would have been some quick change real fast for MJF maybe to have a singles match. Like, he could have, they could have easily done a quick storyline where uh, instead of defending the tag titles because someone was injured or whatever, that they could have done it where he worked against Roddy, or even Roddy, uh, Roderick Strong, was his new tag partner for this, right? That they, they could have done a story of that um, easily, and that's something on the fly that could have been done by H or by Vince, but Tony doesn't really do on-the-fly changes. I would have What I would have done here is... With Mike or Michael Cole, oh my gosh! With Adam Cole um, being injured, they could have easily said because of that. Uh, this, you know, they will defend against uh, against the righteous, but that'll be held off until until Adam Cole is healthy, you know, for a dynamite or something. And so instead, uh, uh, MJF is going to defend his AEW World Championship. You know, I mean, I get the story they're trying to tell that he's keeping the belts, you know, while Adam Cole's out. And maybe Adam Cole's out a while. I just hope they don't keep this going where he just wins a bunch of handicap matches because I think that devalues the tag team division too. I agree. Because if one guy can beat them, even if it's a really good singles wrestler, uh, then what's the point of the tag titles? You know what I would have loved to see, which would have been hilarious, is have uh, MJF bring Adam Cole down in a, a wheelchair, right? And have him still at the ring and like have Adam Cole want to go for a tag and MJF keeps going like, no, 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 I can't because I, you know, uh, I don't want you to get hurt again kind of thing, right? Like constantly go for that and then uh, maybe have uh, like, because they're heels, right? They're heels doing, or they're, they're over as faces. So you could have easily had it where like uh, the righteous goes to hit the ropes and uh, Adam Cole was able to get up on one foot and like grab the leg or something that caused the the comeback. Like you could have done that story and still made it that those two were over and still technically a tag team kind of thing and done that way. They didn't. Yeah. Do, they did a similar thing when AEW started with Britt Baker, mm-hmm. where she was still around. She was cutting promos. She was still involved in things. Right. Right. And it got her more over. Oh yeah. Um. What I'd like to see for them to do here, if this is the story they're going with, real quick, I, I think MJF. If that's if they're going to do this, I would have MJF keep winning these handicap matches, but then Adam Cole comes out, you know, and he ends up 
he ends up going heel and turning on MJF because he feels like like MJF is, you know, is like almost almost making it seem like he doesn't need him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because he's winning these matches. And whereas MJF is the baby face here, which is weird. Um, but you know, he says, you know, he's doing it for Adam Cole. Adam Cole could turn on him and be mega heel of, hey, no, you need me. And, you know, that's kind of what I would do if they're going to do that and then build up to that rematch. Mm-hmm. But. All right, next one. Yes. Uh, so the next one is uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, defending the Ring of Honor world title again, Ring of Honor titles uh, versus, oh my gosh, uh, Katsuyori Shibata. Yes, good job. Yes, yes, it's always tune in to see how I butcher these Japanese names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm one for one though. Um, this match, I mean, is it was on the better side of an Eddie Kingston match. I think you know neither you or I are huge Eddie Kingston fans. Um, you, we've kind of made our stance on him. Um, hey, we agree on something. Right. Um, <laughs> but this one, it wasn't the worst Eddie Kingston match I've seen. Um, I, I mean, it's one of the better ones. Uh, yeah. Eddie Kingston ends up, uh, ends up winning the, winning the match and keeping his title. Um, they did, the one thing I noticed in this is Eddie Kingston did a, that chop spot where he just chops repeatedly when that was already done on the pre-show. Yep. So um, I just wish that they wouldn't repeat spots like that, um, even if it is something that he normally does. But uh, it was it was fine. Nothing I'm going to remember, though. It, it, yeah, it, I probably would say, honestly, it's probably, if not the like the best Eddie Kingston match I've seen so far. Um, Shibata is always good. Um, he he's one of the man. He's like one of those guys that like uh, should not have still been wrestling. Like he he had a severe uh, head and neck injury that put him out for a long time, and he's now he's back. Like it's weird. Like it, it it's kind of like Daniel Bryan. Like he's fantastic, but uh, you worry that like the one wrong bump's going to take him out. Um, so Eddie Kingston is both the ROH uh, champion. As well as the uh, strong style champion for uh, IWG or IPW or uh, no, I oh, it, New Japan, okay, and New okay. Japan, yeah. uh, and uh, the pure champion in uh, I believe it's the pure champion for New Japan is Shibata, and the rules are t- slightly different in there of how to win things like that, and uh, the way that Eddie Kingston won. That match uh, would uh, would not have worked in as a pure champions match or a pure match. Uh, so they they were kind of building a story where they're going to have this to go again, and it feels like they're going to go again, probably in New Japan, and have Eddie lose in the, the pure champion style. So he won, and, you know, standard wrestling, and then this one. So storylines there they're working a good story uh the match itself actually had a decent story which again is odd for an eddie kingston match um probably why i think it's one of his better ones so oh no it was fine um shibata obviously carried the crap out of him and you know shibata was amazing so yeah so next we got the tbs women's title 
Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart. Yep. Um, I do really like Julia Hart's entrance. I love her music and just it's it's different. Yeah, and you're not going to see um, her on TV for about a month. Yeah, I I heard about that, but I don't remember why. She's yes. getting married. She's uh, her and her soon to be husband, who's also an ROH, um, Lee Jones, Lee Johnson, something like that. Um, he's uh, they're getting married, and uh, she's taken that month off for a like honeymoon, which is fine because the House of Black ostensibly are all injured, so it's not really hurting anything to have her off TV. Yeah, um, is. Uh, is it just me? I, I may let my creepy side come out here a little bit, but you know, the creepy old man or whatever. But I get kind of sad when I when these really attractive women get married. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I sh- should I have not have said that on the air. I don't know. Well, it's but... out there now. <laughs> I don't really edit much of anything, so yep. it's out there now. Um, um, moving on. Um, this match. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's uh. It was okay. I I think had she had Julia Hart not been like uh like taking time off, I guess, I would have I would have liked to have seen her go over. I just think like the Chris Statlander stuff is kind of run its course for me. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a good worker. I just don't I don't think there's much more you can do with her. I, they haven't really put her in like strong feuds here you know, for me to really invest myself into it. And so I would have liked to have seen something with uh, Julia Hart here, especially with the cool entrance. But but uh, Statlander retains. Um, and uh, yeah, this was this was fine. I mean, you're it's not your worst women's match you'll ever see. Julia Hart's still working on becoming cleaner in the ring. She had a, a few mm-hmm. mess ups here or there. Like she's she's not like her, where she will end up she will be a mm-hmm. lot better worker but she's only been in the business i think four years um so she's only going to get better um the biggest thing and one of the hardest things to ever do in the ring is find your character and know how to work it and that is one of the greatest things that julia hart has about her right now is she knows exactly who she is as a character uh as her gimmick so uh as she gets better in the ring, it's only going to get better. She will be ending up the women's and or TBS champion at some point. I agree with you. I would have liked to have seen her win this, but I think it might be slightly too early for her. Um, but that being said, with Statlander, there's not a whole lot of other competition right now. Where if Julia Hart would have won, then she could have gone against like... Uh, uh, not Shibata. Um Oh my gosh, I forgot her name. Uh, the female... Um, oh, she was formerly the t- champion. Man, I am having a rough one today. Uh, she comes out with the, the katana. Or not the katana, the kendo stick. Um, I can't oh. think of her name. Um, she was a former champion in AEW? Mm-hmm. Twice over, actually. <clears throat> she was. Oh, uh, wow. she had it going she, into that four way with. Uh, uh, she Japanese. Club. Yes. Oh, um, oh my gosh, you know how I am with Japanese. Um, yeah, that's but not, yeah, that's. I, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. I apologize. Like I said, I'm very tired. <laughs> I said I've had a long, long week. 
So um, I can't I will, you could have had a uh, match with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have had uh, matches uh, against like Tony Storm uh, as the current way you can done that. Uh, there, there's a variety of matches that you could have with Julia Hart that you really couldn't have with um, Statlander. But that being said, I think Statlanders are currently the right choice for it. Um, we'll just have to see how it continues. I don't know if she'll keep it much longer. Um, I, I would, can't imagine so. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, uh, a, or a WWE star or female star coming across soon that may take it uh, off of her. Um, whereas the end of the year, we'll start seeing a lot more contracts coming up. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen. Okay. So, um, the next match, it's uh, it's a four way tag match. Uh, you've got the Young Bucks versus the Guns versus the Lucha Brothers versus Orange Cassidy and Hook, mm-hmm. and uh, the winner of this is supposed to get uh, an AEW tag team title match at some point. Um, I guess it's at full gear. Um, but uh, this was not as good as I thought it would be. And I say that because I wasn't expecting much from it, but usually usually with the Young Bucks matches, they, they don't have a lot of story, but it's usually an exciting match for what it is. Yeah. And I think this was on the lower end of that. Um, Young Bucks end up winning, so they're getting another shot, at, I guess, at FDR. Um, so we get to, you know, have the rubber, rubber, rubber match. Um, but, which they always worked it well together, but this match just kind of was, I don't know, it didn't have the same energy that you'd usually get from a Young Bucks match. It didn't feel like a big moment where they got another title shot. It felt like something that could have easily been done on Collision or, or um, gosh, even Rampage. Yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way. Like, this feels like it should have been building to this pay-per-view and not be on this pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, yeah. Side tangent, by the way, I just looked it up while you were talking. Uh, it was Sheeta. Sheeta, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, having a match with Sheeta was what I was thinking. That being said, yes, this match was fine. Like, I, I don't know. I never really felt like anybody else but the Bucks were going to win this. Yeah. So, and like I said, I think this would have been great to build two maybe like this pay-per-view. Um, instead of being on the pay per view, but yeah, it was it was okay. I actually would have liked to have seen the guns win it, to be honest, because I feel like them versus FTR is somewhat of a fresh matchup. You know, something that they could have done. Yeah. Um, and yeah. had a because FTR can have a good match with anybody. It's true. Well, and they also had it where like FTR. I'm pretty sure FTR beat the guns for the belts. If I remember right. Oh, I, I oh. think they beat them. I don't think they beat them like uh, in a straight up match. I think it was like a, a four way or triple threat or something like that match. I can't remember now, but I'm pretty sure they beat the guns for the belt. Oh, uh, gotcha. I had forgotten that. So, um, moving on. Now, I will say up until this point, a lot of these matches that we've talked about felt like filler to me. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like okay, this is already a very long pay-per-view, you know, and it's like, did this stuff really need to be on the pay-per-view? 
you know, when it could have been saved for a dynamite or whatever. Um, however, the next match, and it wasn't something that I was necessarily super looking forward to before, but Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland, this match over delivered for me. Yeah. This, this match was at least up until this point, and we'll see by the end of the show, but this match was up until this point the best match on the show. It was uh, exactly what it needed to be. Um, and honestly, I'd say that this match it made Swerve feel like he was a main event player. Like he could that he could legitimately challenge for one of the you know top singles titles or even the world title and be right in place main eventing a pay per view. Yeah, I, I very much agree. Um, this was definitely a, a lot better match than I was expecting. I've always liked Swerve Strickland. <clears throat> uh, from all the stuff I saw him on the Independence when he was working as uh, uh, in uh, Lucha Underground un- under the mask, where he was, uh, what's his name? I told you his name the other day when we were watching this. And you I, did, but I'm not going to remember it. It was uh, <sighs> Bloodshot. I think that's what it was. Something like that. Um, but he was wearing a mask in there as well. Um, had a great match with Martin in that one. But he's always been very good. But this was above and beyond. Because he had character in this match. More than I've seen him in a long time have in matches. That And it, it helped a lot because the crowd was actually behind him. I mean, he was the heel of the match. But it was in his hometown in Washington. And so the right. crowd was totally behind him and was just crapping on uh, Adam Page. Adam Page did really well in this too. Like it takes two people to tango, and Adam Page did really well. But uh, watching this match, it made me a fan of Swerve Strickland again, um, which I was kind of losing after watching him in both NXT and when he first came over to AEW and was tagging with uh, Keith Lee. Because so I just felt like they didn't literally let him be him, and this feels finally like he's being him. And I agree, like, the current way he is, he could easily be going up going, uh, for the main, t- uh, for the big belts. Uh, I could see him going for uh, the international title, right? Uh, going yeah. against uh, um, Christian Cage or somebody may take it off the cage. Like, let's say that... Uh, well, that's not the international. That's the TNT title. That's uh, the TNT title, but same thing. There's too many titles. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, let's say that he, it's the, the uh, TNT title, right? So he takes it off the TNT title off of whoever takes it off of Christian, which is probably right. going to be somebody we'll talk about later. That would be a great match. It would be. Um, and it was kill shot. Kill shot. That's what it was. Yes, you were close. Um, yeah. And this match just I love the package of swerve with, his, you know, with um, is it Prince Nana? The mobile embassy. Uh, yeah, Prince Nana. Yeah, like I love that. Like like the dancing and stuff like the crowd was getting into that you know they were uh it's it's really ridiculous dancing actually but but they love it that man was on crack <laughs> he he's way over the top you're right um that's how you should do your uh, gimmick when you come back oh my gosh I, wait, wait, I'm telling when you. When I come back, yeah. have you heard something? Well, you know, <laughs> I know you. Um, I, I told you before, like, it totally should have uh, the the return of James Murray, you know, the sixth member of NSYNC come back and uh, Groove Machine all up for me uh, for uh, TMI. I am pretty sure that you are not going to see Groove Machine 
or Jason Fox or, just or Wildcat James Murray. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that you'll see any of those gimmicks in DCW. <laughs> I if you can get it if you can pop Manny, you would see all those and you would get ton of airtime for it. There we go, the three faces of Psycho or whatever. Yeah, you know exactly. That? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he would go for it. That sounds like a bar fights gimmick though. Um so um and and Swerve uh ends up winning this. Um and Hangman held his own too. Hangman did awesome. Yeah. So good stuff. Um Wheeler Yuda versus Ricky starts. Now, okay, we won't we won't have a big diatribe over, you know, how I'm a big Ricky Starks fan and you're you're not. Um as well as know, other people aren't who agree with me because his face looks like a toe. There's other people that agree with me too. Yeah. So it works both ways. Um however, I feel like this match didn't do Ricky Starks any favors. Like this was just a like it made him look like just another guy after after you know he was having great stuff like CM Punk brought him to another level. Dan, uh, Brian Danielson had a really good strap match with him and and was you know in a feud with him. It, it was making him seem like a top guy, and then he has a match with Willer Yuta, and Willer Yuta basically, you know, has you know has a pretty close match with him. Uh, Starks ends up winning. Um, didn't feel like a pay per view match. Could have been kept on collision. Yep. This felt like this felt like them saying, okay. We've been pushing Ricky starts. We needed something for him to do on the show, you know, and they just threw him out there just to have him on the show. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but that, that goes to being the thing too. Like, even though you're pushing somebody, you don't always have to have them on everything, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have a good thing to make them like you, you will lose more giving mm-hmm. him a bad match than you would ever just not having them have a match like card. And bad spot to be in following that swerve and the hangman match. Yeah. So, um, and Wheeler Yuta is a good worker, but Wheeler Yuta is a good worker and is better working with somebody. And I think that's the same thing with uh, Starks is he can be a good worker, but is able to enhance that quality working with somebody great. Um, so like with Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson um, and it, you know, even the CM Punk. The CM Punk can bring people up in the quality match and stuff like that. You have stuff like that working with somebody like either of these guys, Wheeler Yuta or Stark, you are able to do that. The problem being is when you have those guys who are still young and don't know how to bring up quality like that, then you get this kind of match, which is just uh, almost like a paint-by-numbers match. Right. Um. Yeah. It was. It was what it was. Yeah. Um, so then you've got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. And, uh, no final countdown to bring Brian Danielson out, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> they don't have to do it every time. They'd be way too expensive. Right. Uh, this match. I'm, this match was a great match. Um, I know that, uh. I mean, it was about what you'd expect and they delivered about what uh what you'd expect uh there was a the the funniest thing on this too though was moxley john moxley was on commentary he had been on commentary before for a lot of the um everything that dealt with the uh the B, uh, bcc yeah exactly um and 
he was hilarious. He was great on commentary. I think if he's out injured for longer or he's out for a bit, they should totally put him on commentary more because it was it was awesome. Like he dropped an F bomb on commentary and Excalibur, you know, said swear jar. It was awesome. He does uh, that, by the way, again, that says a swear jar uh, thing um, on uh, Dynamite as well. Yes, I did. That was in yeah, a certain segment that I, I did yeah. actually catch that segment. Yeah um this week um but uh this was really good brian danielson uh ends up beating him with a knee strike his running knee strike which uh was a great way for them to kind of uh i know excal or uh, not excal nigel mcginnis was on commentary basically saying that you know it's like the zach saber uh jr was still the best technical wrestler in the world because that was not a wrestling move Mm -hmm. you know it was a technical wrestling move, and uh, Danielson won in a, a very back and forth match. Uh, I I had heard that I guess um, uh, Bully Ray or Bubba Ray or whatever on his podcast said that he did not like this match because it had all the technical moves and everything, but there wasn't. It made uh, Zack Saber Junior. made it seem like it was too easy, you know that it what the struggle wasn't there for him. And that uh, he went through this whole match and barely broke a sweat. And it shouldn't be that way if it's back and forth. Um, so I, I kind of see that point. I, I mean, I guess, you know, different, you know, different flavors, I guess, for everybody. Uh, but this it was a good match, though. And I I look forward to the rematch because uh, Brian Danielson went to shake the hand of Zack Sabre Jr. And he wouldn't shake it. So very very good way to i guess set up a rematch for later yeah um i'm a big fan of technical wrestling so i was all about this match like this match came on i knew i was gonna like it i loved the crap out of this match um there was a lot of great story in the technical wrestling they did but also the story in specifically that they talked about the strikes right the first person to throw a strike in the match was actually zach not daniel uh or brian danielson um and but then the way they ended it was that and that opens the door to a maybe like a submissions match or something like that for the the follow-up or something like that which they could totally do and i would love to see these two go again uh i would love to see these two go almost every pay-per-view i feel like they could do a different kind of match every time um you know what'd be awesome is them doing a best of seven series mm mm-hmm that would be really good. I'd be so for that. Oh, yeah, me, t- me too. Uh, they should do. They should do that. Like not on paper. Like through like dynamites and collisions, and then or something like that, or even on a collisions, and then have it end. You know the you know the seventh one, the deciding one, or whatever on the pay per view. Yeah, I I think that would bring ratings up, but maybe not. Maybe the casuals won't care too much about. But it'd be entertaining. Yeah, uh, I don't. Know, I'd be all about it either which way. Like, I, I would. It would get me to watch the the weeklies, just for that match. Um, again, this match was for me. Like, that it, it was going to be for me, and this is the match of the night for me up to this point. Well, actually, in general, I think for me the whole night this was the match of the ma- or match of the night for me. Yeah, I think I <laughs> place it slightly above the swerve match, but only by a, only slightly. Because I, I really did love that Swerve and Hangman match. I did like it, too. Um, but again, like I said, this match, 
it was for me. Mm. <laughs> I was all about this match. Um, in fact, like the, the following training on Wednesday, uh, we we went and did a bunch of uh, hold of holds and worked up lock up and things like that. I put a bunch of people into submissions because I was all hyped about it. Like, let's go. You know, the only thing that would have made this match better for me was if there was a better story surrounding it rather than just, you know, just a dream match. You know, you know, let's see who the best technical wrestler is. I feel like that's a lot of what Brian Danielson is involved in lately. And I, I, I like it better when there's something really personal involved where there's a story where there's passion. And, and I, I don't, I'm not saying they can't like get to that point with it. And maybe this is a starting point Mm. or something and they can build to that. If, if they have Zack Sabre Jr. You know, stick around a little bit longer or they bring them back occasionally. Um, But I, I would just like it to be a little bit more personal. Well, they, they added some, but this doesn't really feel like they reflected on it as much because mm-hmm. they were talking about how Daniel's planning on retiring soon, mm-hmm. um, or at least winding his career down. Right. But he's been wanting to have this match, and he's never really having the opportunity to have this match. There's always something. One of them will get injured or, or something. And mm-hmm. so uh, they did play the story a bit, but I, I don't know, it just didn't feel like they reached to that in the conversation, like to the story. So. That being said, what's the next match we got? <laughs> next match, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay, uh, Kanesuke, uh, oh my gosh, uh, talk, oh my gosh, Takeshita. I know, yes, Takeshita, thank you, um, and Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh yeah, you get the Spanish one, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so this one it had a be- it had a nice story with the whole Jericho and and Sammy Guevara and Will Osprey and Kenny Omega and the whole family, you know, the the um the uh Don Callis stable, you know, whatever they call the family. I guess Don them. Callis family is what they call it. Yeah, yes. So exactly. Um this one had a story and I thought that for what they did it was it was pretty good. Um it wasn't going to touch either of the two previous best matches on this show but it was it was what it was. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It was I think it was good for pay-per-view. It advanced the story. So you had um Guevara actually uh getting the pin on on uh Jericho after um Don Callis used the bat on Jericho I guess to knock him out. Um yeah, it was it advanced the story. It was good action for for a six person uh match. Uh yeah, no, nothing to complain about here. Uh, Sammy Guevara is what to complain about here. Um he is so much of the I want to hit my cool moves that it takes away and is dangerous. There was one he did where he wanted to do a, uh, like a springboard into a cutter or a top rope, uh, into a cutter or something like that onto, uh, I can't remember if it was Jericho or, um, Kenny. It was one of the two. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it was just horrible. He missed it by a mile. And so like that, cause it's one of those looks cool moves, but it doesn't really help anything. It was right. on Kenny. Yeah. It was on Kenny. 
So <sighs> he needs to chill out. He need, and needs to grow up in his in immature as a wrestler to realize he can't try to hit all of the fancy crap and hit what's what helps with the story of the match. Yeah, I I think he'll get there. Like I I don't know. I you know if if Sam Punk was around he'd he'd you know straighten him out, but we don't have that. They probably put him in a choke. <laughs> maybe. Maybe he needs it. <laughs> um so the next match we've got the the actual AEW World Tag Team titles. FTR versus Aussie Open. You know, it's it's funny because when this match was announced and everything, I was like, oh, these Ring of Honor guys again. But I mean, at least I knew who the Aussie Open was, you know, because they only because they had lost on all in on the pre-show. They lost the tag titles, the Ring of Honor tag titles, um, to MJF and Adam Cole. And I was like, why are they getting a title shot here? They lost the Ring of Honor tag titles <laughs> and they're going for the AEW tag titles. It doesn't make a lot of sense there, but um, this match was way better than I thought it was going to be. FTR, I don't know if they're miracle workers or if Aussie Open, you know, is growing on me or whatever, but this was a fantastic tag team match. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling. And this was a great tag team match. It was. And so I, gosh, I could watch matches like this, like, like all day long. Yeah, it was a very good match. Um, this match was for me. Yeah, it was. And, and, and I'm also a big tag team guy, too. I mean, it's what I do a lot of anymore. And I was very much enjoying this match as well. Um, I love FTR and just about everything that they do because they hit the moves that are important for the story, but they also hit the cool moves, but they also tell such a great story in the match anyways. Like, almost every match they work, they have a, a great story to tell through the match. Uh, it, they had a great, like, several spots where Cash chips coming over to Dax to try and get a tag, and, like, the first he got knocked off the apron, Dax got knocked off the apron, and then he, uh, as Cash was able to fight back and was reaching for it, then Dax got pulled off the apron. And stuff like that. And I kept going back and forth for it. It was so good. So good. The only problem I have with it at all, and this is an AEW problem altogether, is, and to be honest, it's a wrestling problem right now in general, is the concept of uh, one man in the ring at a time and the rep having similarly no power to put other people out. Because these guys will yeah. go like, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes in the ring doing a bunch of tag moves together. Instead of maybe doing a tag move real quick or working to something, tag in, tag out, do it again, boom, boom, boom. Right. And even the count. But they're just standing there doing like five things at once. And the ref's like, you guys need to get out. Right. So, but that, that's literally my nitpick at it because it was a fantastic match. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I love FTR so much as far as tag team wrestling goes. It's, uh, it's good stuff. Um, okay. So now we get to the, the, the main event for the TNT title. Two out of three falls. We've got Christian Cage defending against Darby Allen. 
and Darby Allen's in his hometown. Yeah, he's a Seattle guy. Yep. Um, this is, you know, as soon as this match was announced as the main event, the rumors started going, um, uh, and people were, you know, suspecting things. We'll get to that, but, uh, Darby Allen, he comes, you know, he comes down on his skateboard, you know, and then he, you know, he he's hitting the the ring, steel ring steps with his skateboard over and over, and I guess he must have like hit himself in the face or whatnot <laughs> because because he was bleeding before the match even started yeah it was very goldberg-esque you know um but uh <clears throat> i he gave his skateboard to like some kid in the crowd or whatnot and uh darby allen in the in the media scrum after the show he was like i just hope that that kid grows up you know and he ends up skating you know i hope i don't see that on ebay or something <laughs> but totally where it's going yes um this match uh it was pretty brutal to be honest like not in a bad way per se um but it was it was very stiff and uh it wasn't a moxley level brutal match but yeah but if you see a darby allen brutal match it's that like like crazy bumps that are going to shorten his career you know, after this match, Darby's uh, legit injured. Like, he's uh, currently out right now because of an injury mm. uh, from this match. And surprisingly, out of all the stuff he's done in the last four, almost five years of stuff with AEW, this is the first time he's out with an injury. Okay. It's just crazy to think of all the craziness he does. I mean, I, you'd have to hazard a guess that that injury came from the steel steps. You you would have to think so because that's sick. Um, before we get to the steel step spot though, I do want to say like that first fall that happened where um Darby Allen pulls the turtleneck of Christian <laughs> down over his face, and then um, I think uh rolls him up or something. Maybe it's a sunset flip or something. It's an like roll. I, I forget what it is. Oh yeah, an Okada roll. Um, and does that while his turtleneck is covering Christian's face. I love that spot, and he got the pinfall for the first fall. That was such an entertaining way to get one of the falls. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. Um, Christian ends up winning uh, the next fall by countout with using the steel steps, and as it should have ended up in a countout, um, because, yeah, he he basically slams him down onto these steel ring steps from the apron and does it multiple times, like putting them on it. It was sick because how he landed was dangerous. It was, <laughs> that's an understatement. Like <laughs> he, I do not understand how you can take that and not get hurt or be r really, really, you know, in pain the next day. Um, but, uh, yeah, almost cringe worthy to like watch again. It was, um, it was really hard to watch in general because you can see the spot coming mm -hmm. and a large to do is reason you can see the spot coming is they screwed up like three times trying to get to the spot because the spot initially was supposed to be a suplex from the inside to the outside. Yeah. And, oh. uh, that didn't work. And then it was trying to suplex him off of the apron and couldn't get him up. 
Then it was a body slam, which is the one that was probably one of the worst ones because he throws him onto it from a body yeah. slam. And he was all but vertical hitting the bottom stair and then his back going across all the subsequent stairs going up. It was horrible. And he took it like three more times. Um, so bad. It'd be one thing if he landed flat on the steps or something. It'd be like, oh, that's painful. But, you know, at least he, you know, did a flat bump, you know, flat back bump or something. But the way he took it on, like, the corner of the stairs. Uh-huh. Oh, like, what was he thinking? He's not Mick Foley. And he doesn't have the body to absorb that, I don't think. No, I agree. And I think the part that's the worst for me, is, and this is something I consciously think about whenever I work in a match, is there's some little kid out there that's going to uh. attempt to do this or something to this similarity uh. because Darby's his favorite wrestler, right? Um, it, it's why it's so hard to do crazy crap like this, at least to me. Like, my girls watch me work and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i don't want them to do something like this until they are properly trained and even that right. it like <laughs> right. you don't train for this you know i thought you were going to go there's going to be some kid that grows up you know and they get trained to be rest and that's the style they want to do and it brings up a whole new you know influence of wrestlers but no even further like you said it's like don't try this at home yeah there's going to be kids you know doing that with their friends or whatnot you know in backyard wrestling feds or or even worse, just like five-year-olds or whatever, yep. you know, doing that. That's why I don't, I don't really let my son watch wrestling right now. He's too impressionable. You know, he doesn't get it. You know, he, you know, he thinks it's cool because daddy did it or whatever. But, um, but I think you need to have that talk with kids mm-hmm. first and being like, hey, you know, first of all, don't try this at home. They're trained professionals. Um, you know, it's. It's, you know, they're not really trying to hurt each other. I mean, you got to have those types of talks, I think, at some point. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, someone's, you know, someone's going to get hurt. Um, and then they'll blame it on wrestling. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's this, this to me, like, it's not my, it's not my thing with those types of bumps. Like, um, it just didn't look safe. Oh, I agree, and like I've been seeing bumps like this a lot lately. Uh, mm. Kevin Owens has been taking similar bumps like this recently, but in, but in he a, has a better body to absorb it than than Darby it, Allen. He does, and he also takes it differently because like this was a body slam onto the the stairs going up the stairs, so mm. like his head that was hitting the lower portion, and the rest of his body was following up. There's not a good safe way of taking it that way. Where, like, with Kevin, he's ostensibly getting thrown back first into the uh, stairs uh, from butt going up the stairs up to the head. And even that, like, he tucks his head and then he covers the back of his head. Like, he's still taking it relatively safe for what he can do. There was nothing for Darby. Like, Darby just got good luck chucked and that was it. And that's, like, not even the worst. Because then later he ends up taking more bumps after that. Going towards the third ball on a skeleton ring. Yeah. So what 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 Brian's meaning there is so Christian starts like taking the the ring apart basically, you know, undoing the the canvas and peeling it back to reveal the the wooden planks. 
um, that's under the that's under the mat. Um, and they start bumping on this on the wood, um, which is no fun, you know. Uh, and so very dangerous stuff. But I mean, that honestly was less dangerous than the stairs, in my opinion. Um, I agree is definitely the less dangerous, but it's compacting a problem well along with the stairs. Right, right. Um, They didn't need to do that additional spot after the stair spot. Because you know, you you, as Christian, as a worker for doing this for nearly 30 years, you have to look at this and be like, okay, he's messed up. Let's skip this spot and we'll just go towards the, the home, right? They could have done like um the chair instead, which has been a lot safer than the skeleton. Well, and everything they did for the finish, it didn't it didn't need that. Mm-hmm. It didn't need the you know the canvas to be pulled up and those bumps on the wood. Um, because the finish they went with is, you know, they uh basically the refs bumped and everything, and Nick Nick Wayne jumps in the ring. We haven't even mentioned his mom. Um <laughs> yeah. um, so uh you know you 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 said that uh that I was hoping Nick Wayne's name was was actually Stacy. Yeah. Um some of you will get the joke out there. <laughs> um I I said or maybe Stifler's mom. But anyway, uh <laughs> uh Nick Wayne ends up turning on on Darby, hitting him with the belt. Um and Christian ends up getting the pin to retain um, in his hometown. So thank goodness they didn't just end on that, though, because I think that would have been a, a kind of a sad way to go out. It's like, you know, the guy loses in his hometown and the heel wins. WWE would do stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And they just they would go off the air with that, you know, and they'd kill towns because everybody would get pissed off because they're why are they burying people in their hometowns? They love. WWE loves to do that. Um, uh, Tony Khan kind of likes to send the fans home happy in some way. Yeah. So even if it's, uh, even if they, so if they beat someone in their hometown, there's a reason for it. So they, they can build to something else that's going to send the fans home happy and hopeful. Well, they're doing this big beatdown. Uh, and, Nick Wayne and Christian, who are aligned now, um, they're beating down Darby. Sting makes the save um, until Luchasaurus joins in, and they end up being too much for Sting. And uh, Christian gets the chair. He's going to do the concerto, the one-man concerto. Mm-hmm. Um, and right as he's about to smash Sting's brains in, uh, the lights go out. And there's... Um, a video that plays on the monitor or on the Titan Tron, I guess, whatever their screen is called. Um, and it's, they start talk or it starts saying about your feature presentation and it shows somebody getting in a car and basically, uh, driving up the highway. Um, they actually said that, uh, while they were, they had filmed that actually, I guess the night before. And, while they were doing that, uh, the they timed it perfectly with the because f- I guess whatever sports team in that arena had won, and so the fireworks were going off for them. And 
they're like everybody think will think that you know AEW paid for those fireworks, you know, to go above the arena, and it wasn't. So they they got like some free fire out of that. Nice. But um, yeah, and then it arrives at the building, the crowd pops, and the lights come back on, and you hear the familiar sounds of, except for a little bit different of you think you know him. Yep. Um and. Uh, the music plays, and you've got the familiar music of the f- man formerly known as Edge, uh, Adam Copeland. And he makes his AEW debut. He comes out. He's got he, basically the same presentation as he had in WWE, which is very similar to how Cody Rhodes debuted in WWE with his AEW music. Um, what a world we live in that people can debut with their music from the previous company. That never would have happened in the day back in the Monday Night Wars. If you know they wouldn't have come in with the same music, so crazy, um, crazy world we live in. But he comes in and uh, Christian looks like he's seen a ghost. Hands, you know, Edge puts his hand out to take the chair from Christian, and Christian looks like you know he hands it over to him, and it looks like Adam Copeland is going to. Uh, smash Sting's head in himself with the chair for the concerto, but instead he turns around and blasts uh, uh, Nick Wayne um, with the with the chair, and then he throws the chair at Luchasaurus, and then uh, ducks a clothesline, hits Luchasaurus with a spear while Christian bails. Christian is grasping his title, you know, like like it's my precious, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, Adam Copeland is staring him down and. Uh, his music goes off again and a great way to end this the um the show um and send the fans home happy and good good debut um honestly and it was uh the video actually uh where it where adam copeland uh debuted uh was actually seen more times than the debut video for cm punk so for aw so that shows that a lot of people are interested in it um yeah i mean what did before we get to the adam copeland thing what did you think of the any any last comments on the main event i think the match itself was fine it did exactly what it needed to do and mm. uh, that was uh to put darby over as an insane person mm-hmm. and taking all these crazy bumps and more importantly putting uh christian over as that sadistic heel uh, I, I actually had a conversation with one of our, our trainees recently because that he wants that's what his gimmick is. Like he says, his gimmick is he's a psychotic, sadistic heel. And I, my response is, no, you are this person working towards a goal. You have to get to a you have to go through a storyline to be able to be psychotic and sadistic. You don't start off that way. You have to earn it. And this is definitely where Christian earned that title. <laughs> You know, it's this is probably this might be the best version of Christian that there ever has been. I I agree. Because even at his peak in WWE, like when he was getting the title shots against Randy Orton and when he had won the world title and everything. Well, when he won the world title in WWE, it was basically given him because Edge retired and he was his friend. And so they put the title on him as basically a. Same reason that Rey Mysterio got it after Eddie Guerrero passed away, yeah. even though Edge didn't pass away. You know, they did, you know. It was um, for the good feels. Right, exactly. 
Um, same reason Kurt Angle won the title after 9-11. You know, all of that. The good feels, right? Um, and then he went into that heel program with Randy Orton. And it never really felt like he was a main event guy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like... Um, hold on a second. Uh, it felt like he was he was like one more match, one more match, but he they had good matches, but he still he never felt like he was really going to win it yeah. and be that guy. Whereas and and in impact wrestling in TNA or whatever, uh, you know, there he felt like a main eventer, but it was still kinda like a a big fish in a small pot. Exactly. Whereas here, now finally this feels like he's a main event guy now, and he's elevating that TNT championship mm-hmm. to a whole new level um, just with his storyline and his whole storyline with being like the father figure, you know, and everything. His promos are great. If you haven't watched the press conference or, or the, the media scrum after, I highly recommend it. Christian is amazing. He stays in character the whole time in the media scrum, and he just like obliterates like like everybody like um like the fans or like the they they clap when he gets introduced and he's like uh i don't need your lame applause i know how great i am and just um and then he he like uh he signals out um brian alvarez who who uh writes for the wrestling observer with with uh dave Meltzer, and and because he has a question and everything and he calls him out. This seems like this was not in character. Like it was char- in character, but it was a shoot. He meant what he said. He he, he was like, um, uh, basically like, how many star ratings did you give me? It's you know, it's like I love talking to Marks, you know, and just he's, <laughs> like he just everything. It is amazing. Um, like he he does what CM Punk like tried to do, but but in a much classier way. And I, I'm a huge fan of Mark, but, but with the, um, you'll, you would have never guessed by listening right. to this show, but Christian here, it's just everything he's doing is working. It's elevating. And he earned that main event spot. He really did. It wasn't just because Adam Copeland was debuting. I mean, maybe it was, but it felt right at home. Um, and that's going to be a big mega match. When we get Adam Copeland versus Christian, uh, that's going to be a great match, and that could main event a show. Yeah, that could easily main event a show. In fact, I'm pretty sure it will, uh, especially following that with the uh, Dynamite stuff. Where on Dynamite, if you guys haven't had a chance to watch it, uh, Christian and Edge have a moment uh, out in the ring. Edge is wanting Christian to. It's just like. He comes out and he's very passionate about everything and about him coming to AEW and stuff like that, about wanting to uh, spend time with his best friend and things and invites Christian to come out and everything else. And doesn't even like Christian talk. Like Christian says like three words in this whole promo, which is great because it's just cold, stared reaction. And he gets into, uh, or sorry, Adam Copeland gets into a very passionate, um, monologue about how he had to come out and do this because he was about to concerto sting 
someone that Christian loved, Sting, a guy that he went and got a haircut to look like, while he went and got a Lex Luger haircut so they can look like their favorite workers, like Sting, like this whole thing about how much he loved Sting as a kid and stuff like that. And he had to stop him from doing something he thought he would regret. But he wants to tag with them. And he's like, you know, work with me, tag with me. We'll show where we are still the greatest tag team of all time. And then they go and hug. And Christian tells him on the mic as they're hugging to go F himself. And then uh, that goes to walk off and then says, here's a preview of next week. And says Luchasaurus out to attack him and such like that. It it was such a great problem. Christian is just nailing it right now. So, and they have obviously a great story going in between him and Edge. I watched this segment back on... Um, I actually watched it on AEW's YouTube. Um, I didn't watch it live or anything like that. But um, when... When Christian said to go F yourself, I didn't know what he said because they bleeped like that whole thing. Did they like, was it less censored on the actual AW show or no? We just kind of read about what he said because. So uh, I, after watching it again uh, through like TikTok and things like that from people who actually were there recording it, that's Mm -hmm. where you get to go F yourself. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, so I was like, no way did they let that go on T- TBS or no. whatever. But um, no, it's great. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it very well could main event a show, especially if MJF is working the Ring of Honor tag titles instead of defending his world title. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it, it was a good thing and a, a good way to bring in Adam Copeland. By the way, side tangent. Uh, he actually spoke with Alter Bridge, who's the people that do his music, mm-hmm. and got permission to do that. But they re-recorded that for him because of who did the entrance, the "You Don't Know Him," mm-hmm. which was recorded by Beth Phoenix. Right, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, who knows? We might see Beth Phoenix one day in an AEW ring, you know, doing something. Maybe um, it's possible. The only thing I'll say about Adam Copeland, like I'm happy he's there, and I think. AW definitely it's going to help with the star power. Um it didn't really I don't know if it really resulted in ratings so yet because like I think they still got beat by NXT this week um for the ratings um as far as viewership goes but uh I think eventually when people hear that he's there and everything it'll it'll result in some bigger viewers. I'm excited to see him on Saturday in Collision in Salt Lake City. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, he's going to be there. Um, you know, also the whole thing with uh, the special Tuesday Dynamite, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Which is so, where he's having his first match against the uh, uh-huh. Luchasaurus. Right. And NXT suddenly has a bunch of big names coming down from the main roster to mm-hmm. be on NXT to obviously work against the ratings for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll see how this goes. I hope both of them, you know, I hope both of them do a good rating and have put on a good show. Yep. Um, Adam Copeland does look kind of old, though. I'm not gonna lie. When I like, in, especially like in his promo mm-hmm. on on Dynamite, he looks old. Like, so I don't know. Let's call it seasoned. He looks seasoned. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's kind of like how Ric Flair looked like. 20 years ago when you know and then 20 years later he still has a match but you know 
but well, um, he doesn't look old like Ric Flair now wrestling. Yeah, when, but he, he, when Ric Flair came over to the back over to WWE in one, um, that was seasoned Ric Flair, right? Um, when he was doing the GM thing and went from there, that was seasoned Ric Flair, and that's kind of where I feel like this is right now for seasoned Adam Copeland. Although I think I think Adam Copeland now can put on better matches currently. And so, oh yeah, uh, I I like it. I think it'll be good for AEW. Um, and people, I I heard uh, somebody talking about how this is kind of like a trade. You know, uh, AEW got Adam Copeland and and WWE got Jade Cargill. You know, who won the <laughs> trade? You know, basically. We'll it's like, yes, obviously one's younger than the other, and so who knows what they're going to eventually become. And, you know, Adam Copeland's on the tail end of his career. But uh, I'm excited, though, to see kind of what they can do. Yep. All right. So with all that being said, uh, how did we like the pay-per-view overall? Uh, I thought it was a fairly good one. I I do feel it was lacking comparison to the last several ones that we've had that were very good. I feel. I feel like it was a tale of two halves. I feel like the second half of the show was a. A lot better than the first half. I I would say, from uh the Hangman Adam Page and and um uh Swerve Strickland, I think from that match on, the show was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some of those previous pay per views they didn't have the surprise of an Adam Copeland, you know, returning or whatever. So they didn't have that, which added a lot. Yeah, but I don't know. It's um. I think if they can keep this up, I I love that I love professional wrestling right now. I love the state. I love that there's two companies where somebody can you know jump to the other company and get a fresh start. You know that there's more places for the wrestlers to work. Yep. Uh, because I think you know, I mean Adam Copeland, you know, in the WWE was basically about to retire and all that. The fact that he can jump to AEW and feel a little bit fresh you know yeah and and you can get that extra pop right of him showing up somewhere new and then you've got someone like jade cargill that or or cody rhodes or whatever that can jump to the other side and and be you know have a whole new chapter in their careers and be young and kind of grow from there i i just love because if there was only one promotion right now there just wouldn't be as much interest yeah, I agree. So, all right. With all that being said, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed this pay per view. And before we go, I just want to run through what we will be doing for Devotion Championship Wrestling. As this airs on Friday, October 6th, we will be at Light Tree Studios for Halloween Bash. I'm super excited because this is a huge show, a special show because it's on Friday. And it's because. AEW Collision will be tomorrow and Saturday here in Salt Lake City. And we will actually be having Sean Dean, who is a uh, talent scout for AEW, as well as a booker for Collision, as well as Dark. Uh, He'll be at that show. Uh, He'll be on the show, in fact. So I'm super excited to meet him. Uh, He's doing a seminar for anybody that's uh, in the wrestling world. Uh, You want to come on down, come down today. Reach out to us through Devotion Championship Wrestling on all of our socials, which I'll get to at the end. 
and uh, you can get yourself to do that seminar. I believe the seminar starts at three today, so it's, I know it's a little hard because it's a weekday. That being said, October fourteenth will be in Logan, Utah. Uh, on October twenty first, we'll be right back up in Ogden at Tussle Time Eight, and then November third. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I skipped one. October nineteenth. We'll be at Liquid Joe's for the, our first Tussle Time at Liquid Joe's. Then the 21st, that following weekend, uh, we'll be uh, up in Ogden. And then November 3rd, we'll be at Asa Saloon here in Salt Lake at uh, Bar Fights there. So we have a lot of great wrestling coming up. I believe we have some variety of show or something we're doing almost every weekend going up into December 16th at the moment. And that could always change. So, to find out for sure, follow us on Facebook at Devotion Championship Wrestling or on Instagram at Devotion Championship Wrestling or on X, formerly Twitter, at DCW Salt Lake City or on TikTok at Devotion Wrestling. All right. You can also follow us directly here at Be Hero Presents at Be Hero Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also go to our website, which is BeHeroMedia.com. If you have any questions, concerns, read up about all of our stuff, including blogs, and soon-to-be archive page where you can listen back to old episodes of all of our shows from BeHero. Lastly, you can reach out to me and Psycho directly. You can find me at DCW on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Pro on X. You can reach out to Psycho at Psycho Wrestling on Facebook. And deep breath. <sighs> all right psycho anything else going on and uh i'll be at collision uh uh you know saturday tomorrow yep as a fan but still uh you you might see me there you might see your boy there too uh at collision uh if uh sean dean decides to to you know put me on the card sean please put me on the card (laughs) (laughs) yeah and, and uh if you're at collision if you're going to collision uh, if you can see me, come say hi. Definitely come say hi. So, all right, guys. Well, if there's nothing else left, please reach out to us on social media. Let us know what your favorite match from this card was. And I hope you guys have a great night and great morning. And I hope to see you guys tonight at Halloween Bash. And for the rest of Be Hero Media, this has been Psycho. This has been me. And this has been us tapping out. Have a great night, guys. 